Sasses Cast listeners, how are you doing today, December the 15th, 2022? I'm coming at you live from my living room. Uh, a little different format here. I am hopefully going to dive right into what I want to be sassy about today. But first, I want to thank my one listener that's left out there. Whoever you may be, thank you for sticking around. Uh, I know I promised uh, so many times that I was going to pick this up and, and get it going. And oh, life happens, okay? Just life happens. Um, and I'm not going to go into that right now. I have a couple of other episodes in the plan and in, in the works. I have a couple other things I'm thinking about and working on. Um, I'm not going to make any promises. I'm not going to promise any delivery dates. I'm not going to tell you about any of the topics. But what I am going to do is I'm going to dive into today's sassy topic. I'm going to call it the Kentucky joke. You can read the details about it on my blog. But if you want to just hear it straight from me, then you're in the right place. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the Sasquatch Cast, the original podcast. I am going to dive right in to a personal experience. Um, and I'm going to call this the Kentucky joke. And what am I talking about, the Kentucky joke? The Kentucky unemployment system. Now, a little backstory. As most of you know, uh, May the 27th, 2022, I became unemployed. Not by my choice. Uh, I kind of knew it was coming. I, I saw the writing on the wall for months, and I didn't know what to do about it um, other than just wait it out because I'd spent nine years and four months and 24 days at this job, just employment. And I have to say employment because it went from the original company that I started with, uh, Bumblebee Team Sports, in January 2013. Um, then it was acquired by sorts of partnerships slash management, financial management company, uh, ASB, um, which eventually merged eight little companies all across the United States into one company that released their name February of 2022 called Game One. And so we became Game One February of 2022. And most of the Bumblebee management at that point um, had sought other options and left warehouse and us grunt workers pretty much to figure out what was going on. And typical to a big corporate merger slash takeover, we were promised things and, you know, it happens. But I've been around long enough to know better. And I, I kind of just played along the game. And I began to think about things. Well, this was May of this year. Remember that. That's the fifth month of this year. In March, the third month of this year, I had lost my mother. Um, and all that started a big dramatic and emotional turmoil on me in December of last year, 2021. So I had a lot going on emotionally in my personal life that I didn't really focus my efforts on what was going to happen. Uh, I mean, I, I knew what was going to happen. I went to work every day. I did my job. Um, we talked about it, and I tried my best to just be upfront and honest with my coworkers and say, you know, let's, let's just keep our head on a swivel because it's happening. Pay attention and start looking for jobs. And I, too, had started trying to map out what I was going to do. 
whatever it happened, I needed to have a plan. And I really didn't know what to do. Um, I was just, I was really flying by the seat of my pants, and I don't like to do that. I'm not that type of person. So it became emotionally draining on me. And then I suffered the loss and the, the subsequent other dramas that have happened. Again, I will cover later on other podcasts. I hope. No promises. But um, regardless, uh, there's a lot going on. So May the 27th, about, I don't know, I'd say 14, 15 of us maybe walked out the door, and that was it. Um, some of us have kept in touch with each other to see how things are going. Uh, some of them have moved on to greener pastures. Some of them saw the writing on the wall and took off prior to that. But nonetheless, May the 27th, 2022, walked out the door and suddenly having to be faced with decisions for the next chapter. And you can't sit on, you can't sit still. You can't have idle hands. You've got to move. You've got to do things because clocks are ticking. And the number one thing was we had to file for unemployment. That was, that was just kind of a given. And some of us hadn't dealt with unemployment. Um, I dealt with the unemployment during the shutdown, and it was it was chaotic. It was horrendous. It was it felt demeaning. It felt um, I don't know. It's it, it just too many words, and I really don't want to come up with them right now. But I will say it was a hard process to do. And I know some people never got their unemployment. I was fortunate. I did get my unemployment, and I did get the the quote stimulus money and stuff like that. And that was great. It, it kept our lifestyle pretty much the same. I was still able to contribute to the household. Uh, bills were still being paid, and that's all great and wonderful. Um, my kids, on the other hand, became unemployed, and thus it required me to help them out because uh, one didn't get un- any unemployment. She tried. Um, so anyway, it's, it, was, it was a hard time, and like everybody else, we were all on a, on a level playing field. But here we are, May of 2022, and I'm not on a level playing field. I am nine years, four months, and 24 days of service down the drain as if it never happened. And I'm trying to navigate all of this again, uh, but in a different way. So um, I did file for unemployment on May the 31st. Um, it's, it wasn't an easy process. And who are we kidding? Why would I think it would be? Um, I can't forget the horror stories that people experienced and, and things I heard when the world shut down. Um, but I'm not going to digress. I'm not going to go there. I am going to say that when I attempted to go in and do it, I had to end up calling. I had to go through the process through the phone, which may have been a little bit better. I don't really know. I don't know if that was the breakdown. I don't know if I should have pushed forward and done online, but I was really reaching a lot of hurdles online. And I felt like calling someone was probably the best option. And calling is always so difficult when you call the unemployment office. It is, it is horrible. It is the worst thing. It, I would really get telemarketing calls, to be honest with you. So um, once I got an email telling me that the process had started, uh, I went through that email. I did my part. I read everything. And it was kind of common sense. Search for a job, uh, at least you had to search at least at a minimum one a week. You had to post that one a week online, and you had to do it every two weeks. Uh, for me, it was on a Sunday. I made it a routine every Sunday. I was going to check in with unemployment and fill it out. And that was just easy for me. 
So I began to tweak my resume and stuff like that. And again, this was all time sensitive. You can't sit around. So filing on March the 31st, I had to start that process. I had to begin hunting for jobs. I'm sorry, May 31st. I said March. May 31st, I had to start looking for jobs. And I had to get my resume up to date. I had to post, you know, I had to go out there and look. I had to post my resume places. And where else did I go? Indeed.com. That was my first thing to do. I hadn't done this in a while, so why not? So I put it on Indeed.com. And, of course, I get your your standard recruiter messages and things like that. And, and I weed through them. And, you know, I started getting spam messages and going through those. So I knew that my resume was out there and working. Um, I tried to search for jobs that was similar to what I had been doing for the last nine years. Uh, but they just weren't out there. And it's such a niche market from what we were doing there. Um, and after being shut down, our competitors uh, had taken in a few of our employees, but there wasn't enough jobs for the people who that were like me. And so I had to start going, falling back on my education and my previous work experience. Well, I hadn't done anything in nine years other than this one job. So that automatically put me into another um what do, you, what do you call it, a disadvantage? Because even though I could do other jobs, I'd been nine years out of circulation. And that's a lot. And especially when you go to computers, nine years out of circulation, it's almost like you didn't exist. Uh, but I went ahead, I pushed forward, and I applied. And I applied for jobs that I thought that I could handle. I applied for jobs that I thought I was qualified for, even if I wasn't educationally qualified for, I thought I could do. And I just kept applying for jobs. And sometimes I didn't write them down. Sometimes I, you know, wouldn't keep track of them and I would answer the emails, but most of them uh, were just through indeed.com. And I went onto the website every Sunday and I posted my job searches on my unemployment. And you were, the website at the time was very, very, very minimal and not a lot of room to type anything, like not a lot of free form typing or anything like that drop down boxes, small areas to type. So uh, I typed in, you know, indeed.com when I employed for jobs and things like that. And I did what I was supposed to do and what I thought I was supposed to do. I'm back. Sorry about that. Had to take a break. Speaking of a break, I hope that you take a moment to go and check out my blog that pertains to this uh, podcast. Uh, come aboard my soapbox.blog and read through some of the entries. Sometimes I will post on the blog when I don't have the time or very much content to post as a podcast. Um, I'm also got another adventure I'm working on, um, and I'll share that with you a little later. But just for now, that was my kind of ad right there for you. Go out and check out Tom Aboard My Soapbox.blog. And I want to thank Anchor for keeping my podcast going as much as they can. Uh, they provide the recording. They record the story. They have the storage for the podcast. And they do the disbursement to all the other podcasts that you're able to find this on different platforms. So thank Anchor.fm for being my podcast host. Now, let me get back to what I was talking about. The Kentucky joke. Uh, 
specifically Kentucky unemployment system. Um, so here we are looking for jobs and I am looking for jobs. So May and June looking for jobs, trying to find something, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, got a lot of things going on. I'm not a spring chicken. We all know that. If you know me, you know that. But I have talents and I even ventured into thinking of, okay, I could do something on my own. Uh, I've been there, done that, had a business, not a fan of it, uh, especially in today's day and age with all the politics and everything else you got to navigate, taxes and everything like that. So I thought, well, you know, hopefully I'll get unemployment. I can, you know, buy myself a little bit of time to, to figure things out. And uh, after all, the unemployment is not my fault, so I deserve it. And, and I'm not going to be one of these people that lays around and just sucks in the system, and it's only for 26 weeks. So by that calculation, from May, 26 weeks would have been around November, and that means, you know, come holidays, I'll be scraping for funds if I don't save anything. Um, but, you know, I figured if I could just get through to November December, then I can figure out. I, I will have a clearer mind. Hopefully things will be behind me, and, and, and I will have come to the acceptance of this whole chapter and doors and, and all those analogies that we talk about. So I go through the process. I look for jobs. And some jobs are very interesting. I thought, oh, I'd love to have that job. You know, that would be really cool or yeah, that would be fun. And, and, and I'm talking about some some jobs that are back in the IT industry. Um, you can look at the travel blogging jobs. I thought, yeah, we could travel. My husband and I want to travel. So, you know, that kind of thing. And then I noticed in July that my status on the Kentucky unemployment system still read that it was fact-finding. And this is early July, so I had made a trip down to South Carolina and was down there for a couple of days, uh, personal things, and came, came back and dove right into the unemployment, made a phone call to some former coworkers, and found out they weren't getting theirs either. And they were under fact-finding. So we compared notes and things like that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to call unemployment. So I called unemployment. Finally got through to somebody. Um, now, if you've ever called the Kentucky Unemployment, that takes nothing but perseverance in itself. It's a day's job just to call them for, for one question. You call the number. You get two options. And when you press one to talk to somebody, you get a recording that agents are busy try again later, boom, and it hangs up on you. And then you call back, and you get the same recording. You call back, you get the same recording. And you keep calling back and keep calling back. And I was calling and calling and calling and calling. Finally got through to somebody. Then I was on hold. So I'm on hold. I'm waiting. I'm getting. I'm, I'm more furious the longer I have to wait. You know that. The, the more you have to wait to get an answer when you're just it, – it, it makes you even more frustrated. So – I tried my best to be very professional, very nice, you know, and that kind of thing. So when I finally got somebody, um, I asked about the, why does my status read fact-finding? There was a moment of silence, and then they came out with a scripted answer saying that the company has X number of days to appeal and the window is still open. And I responded, then why did I get one check? And they were all quiet. And then they put me on hold. And then they returned and they said, well, you need to contact the companies that you work for to verify um, and said that they're already in the process 
of sending an email. And I was already in the process of sending an email. And they said they were in the process of sending letters out. I'm like, okay, fine. And I was already typing an email before I even hung up with them. So I contacted the previous employer, i.e. game one, and waited on their response. So now I'm again waiting. I have no further answers. I spent half of my day and I got nothing. So I called back the former coworker that I talked with, shared my information. They were irate. So they call unemployment and they go through the whole process and they come back with a different version of what's going on. It wasn't that the employer hadn't done their appeal or something. It was something else. It was like, can we not get our story straight? If that employer has not appealed for me, then they haven't appealed for them. So I don't understand why we're getting different answers. So we shared the frustration amongst ourselves. We can't do anything. Our hands are literally tied. Can't do a thing. So July the 11th, I got two letters in the mail from the Kentucky Unemployment Office. Now remember, I talked to them on July the 7th. So July the 11th, I received these two letters. And they were dated July the 7th. Hmm, ironic. So let's pause for a minute. From May 20, uh, May 31st to July the 7th, I heard nothing from unemployment. I had filed for unemployment on their system. I had done everything I needed to do. The system status had not changed whatsoever. So unbeknownst to me, I was doing everything I was supposed to do. I called on July the 7th only to learn it wasn't me, it was the employer, the former employer. Okay, okay, fine. Not on me, still. I'm continuing down the same path. I'm still doing what I've been doing since May the 31st. I get these letters in the mail all of a sudden because I made that a call on July the 7th. No letter would have shown up at my door had I not made that call July the 7th. I am almost 110% confident of that. Because they hadn't bothered to reach out to me from May the 31st, why would they reach out to me now all of a sudden? Because those letters actually tell me that there's two weeks in question. The reason I was being denied my unemployment was for the week of June the 5th to the 11th and June the 19th to the 25th. Remember that, June the 5th to the 11th and June the 19th to the 25th. We're now July the 11th. So June had come and gone. And I was just getting these letters. And the letter stated that the denial was based on my not making a reasonable effort to obtain work as might be expected of a prudent person under like circumstances. And duplicate work search, work search to the same employer from the previous week is considered inadequate work search. Hold the, uh-uh, what the hell? So guess what? I'm on the phone. 35 minutes I was on hold. 35 minutes I was on hold. I mean, sure, what else do I got to do? I'm unemployed, right? But I'm not making a reasonable effort anyway, so yeah, I could spend 35 minutes on hold, right? Whatever. Finally, after I was told... I was told that after I looked through the, the, the uh, that after I looked through the account, that there was a manual override done for the first week for that one check that I got, but it was frozen after that because I wasn't making a reasonable effort to obtain work. And I asked for clarification. I said I've been entering my jobs online. 
what do you mean not not making a reasonable effort? What else am I supposed to do? And they investigated it, and they came back and said, well, you put Indeed.com on there twice. Well, yeah, I've searched for multiple jobs on Indeed.com. I have since then. What do you mean? Well, you can't have Indeed.com in there for the two weeks that you're searching. In other words, I was supposed to have typed the employer in there, not Indeed.com, but it didn't say that. The online field said source, and my source was Indeed.com, not the company, and I got bit for it. I am literally paying the price for the inadequacy of the state of Kentucky, or Commonwealth of Kentucky, should I say. The fact that they did not clarify, the fact that they did not build in any kind of if-then statements in the background that would go through and check it for us, for us people like people like me and make sure we don't enter the same thing in that field twice, I'm paying for it. Let that settle for just a second. I mean, seriously, I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away. No indication, not even when I called in in July. No indication whatsoever. I've gotten too many runarounds. And then I get this letter in the mail telling me that I am not searching for jobs. Only for those two weeks. So everything I've done from June the 26th to July the 11th, I must be looking for jobs. Why aren't those checks being paid? I asked that question. I was told, well, the account's froze. Why is it froze? If there's only two weeks in question, don't pay me for those two weeks. Pay me for the rest of them. And we'll talk about the other two weeks later. Why can't they be manually overridden when you look at it and realize the circumstances are not really and honestly against me. It's against you and your inadequacy to program a website. To which, of course, they were doing the whole script. I can't do anything, blah, blah, blah. I speak to a manager. A manager's not available, blah, blah, blah. I am pretty pissed off. And spending so much time online just to be that I'm not making a reasonable effort to obtain work really pissed me off. So I had but one option at this point, and that was to send in um, my appeal. So at 12.42 p.m. on July the 11th, I followed the instructions on the letter and sent an email notification of my appeal. I followed it up with a detailed letter in the list of jobs that I had been applying for during that time frame. I didn't hear anything back. But I continued to apply for jobs, and I reported them as required online via the unemployment website. I attempted to call one time just to see if there was a change, um, and I got put on hold got tired of it. Then I attempted one time to file my unemployment online, that is, report my searching, uh, I did it on the phone because I wasn't near my computer, and I didn't want, I mean, I could have waited, but I didn't want to wait. I wanted to get it done that Sunday. I didn't want to wait till Monday. So um, we were in transit to a family event, and I was calling, and it wouldn't let me do it on, on the phone. It said I had to do it on a computer. So I ended up having to pull it out and do it on my phone, and it was really hard to navigate on the phone because you have all these verification processes. You have all these pop-up screens. You have all these 
uh, text message getting sent to your phone that you got to type in and verify. It was just absolutely asinine to try to follow it online. But I did it. I got through it. I navigated through it. I did it. So um, July the 25th, I spent about three hours, which included me dialing and redialing and holding for 35 minutes. So for 35 minutes, I was on hold, but it took me, say, two and a half hours just to get through to get on hold. And I'm walking around with a headset in and my phone in my pocket, and I'm redialing the number, and I'm pressing one, and I'm being told, all agents are busy, try again later. And I'm hitting the hang-up, and I'm hitting the redial, and I'm doing it over and over and over for about two and a half hours. When I finally got through, I was on hold for 35 minutes. So... When I talked to somebody, the individual said I had dialed the wrong number. I called the number on the letters in front of me, the appeal department. I argued with them, and they said, well, perhaps they were just busy and the overflow calls got routed to them. Well, then, if you're going to get overflow calls, you should be qualified to answer the freaking questions. But he didn't find that humorous. So he transferred me to a lady in that department. I had to go through the entire spill again, including verifying who I was, verifying my address, verifying my birthday, verifying my social security number, all that stuff, just to tell her everything else I had just told the other guy. And then she said she couldn't help me because she was working remotely. Yep. Now that's not the punchline. That is not the punchline. But you can't help but stop and laugh because if you can't laugh, you're going to have to cry. And I wanted to cry, but I laughed at her. And I told her, I'm more qualified to do your job than you are then, because I could do it remotely. And I hung up on her. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, I'm being punked. Somebody just come out of the corner. Just tell me I'm being punked. Of course, it didn't happen. So anyway, and I'm gonna I'm gonna digress a minute. I understand that I'm 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 one of the fortunate souls out there that has a roof over my head and food in my pantry. And there's some people that really rely on the system. I'm not one of them. But I wonder how anybody can expect to have any kind of quality of life if they rely on this system that does not work. Uh, it takes dedication and tenacity to navigate this system, and that alone is not qualities of people who are lazy. Um, somebody out there, I'm sure, has found a way to circumvent the system, and if you've got patience, you might be willing to sit around and wait for hours on the phone and, and jump through their hurdles and, and smile and, and nod and, and okay and believe everything they say, and when the letter comes in, just read it and do as it says and move on. I'm not that kind of person. I am very, very very much in your face. I'm very much going to hold you accountable. I have high expectations of people and I have no patience, no patience. I don't look for handouts. And if you've got a position of power, such as unemployment, releasing funds to the, the people who need it out there, you are on a higher pedestal because you have a position of power that, that I don't have, that other people would like to have and probably would do a better job at it at this point. I would really like to know if to all those people I've ever talked to on the unemployment line or anybody who's had 
call in on an appointment line and, and speak to an individual, ever how many people they are. They might be only five people. I don't know. Maybe there's only five people in the freaking department. So if those five people out there are the only people that are making these decisions, then I want those five people to be out here in our shoes and have to call into that system and see how they would feel. I can promise you they'd be slurring a couple of redneck words too. Okay, so let me get back. Uh, during one of my calls, I, would, I was advised that I'll be getting a letter about my hearing date and the schedule and what to do and everything. I asked if they had access to it right there, and they said no. All they can tell was it got mailed out, and they couldn't tell me any dates, but just wait for the letter and follow the instructions. Okay, fine, whatever. Finally got the letter, and, my, and this was in uh, June, July. This is July the 25th, around July the 26th. Um, we're, we're reaching the end of July, uh, first week of August, and I got my letter. I opened up, and my hearing was scheduled for October. Yeah, October. So now I will have gone from May to October with no unemployment. May to October. My 26 weeks would have been up in November. So I'm closing in. Almost six months of no unemployment compensation whatsoever because I typed Indeed.com in twice. That's not the punchline, folks. Okay. So I got the letter in front of me. I got three months. Yeah, I called them. I was very irate. I'm not going to lie to you. I know the individual that received my wrath was not able to do anything, but by God, I was on record just stating how fucked up the system is and how unfair. It is not their money. You see, a company pays into the unemployment system because it's a law. The money is there for the people. From what I have heard, if that pool of funds from each of the companies goes unclaimed, it eventually rolls over to the state or commonwealth in this case. And from that aspect, the state, commonwealth, has a vested interest in keeping us from getting our money. Because then their employees can have raises and they can pay for, I don't know what. Who has control over that? Who, who says, right? Hmm. But during my research, I found some documents about how Kentucky missed out on $90 million of unemployment upgrade funds. They just didn't do it. Other states did it, and it helped their system. They missed out on it. They just left it sitting there on the table. And I got a link out there in the blog. You can go read it yourself. I'm not spitting out false statements here. But I find it extremely interesting, considering I'm only asking for 26 weeks of pay due to me. When you think about it, 26 weeks is not much. And it balances out to about six months. So technically, if the system hadn't farted itself, November would have been my last of unemployment benefits, and I would have been on my own after that. But here I am, still fighting the system. So like I said, this is July, maybe August. And waiting on October was absolutely grueling. I won't lie. I had to continue to go through the job hunting process knowing that I had to do this to get through my appeal. Because if I dropped the ball and did not search for jobs, my appeal would hold no merit. It would not matter. 
So I continue to receive weekly rejections. I continue to receive weekly job postings saying that, you know, you're not qualified or thank you for applying. I mean, it was, it, it, it becomes psychologically very daunting. And I had to push through. Thankfully, I had other distractions, had other things going on, but I still managed to set aside time as I'm supposed to do and search for jobs. Because I thought, well, maybe this is my opportunity to land that job I've been looking for, that, that job out there that's meant for me, that thing I'm going to do. So I looked with an open mind, and I continue to look with an open mind. Because there is something out there for me. I know there is. It's just not here yet. So October comes around, and I had done what I'm supposed to do. About a week before my scheduled hearing, I get a phone call. Yeah, a phone call. This is the first and only time Kentucky Unemployment has called me since May 31st. The lady on the other end asks for me and then proceeds to tell me that my hearing was being moved to December and I would receive a letter with the specifics. I took a minute and just paused. And then I said, why in the hell is this happening? And she paused. And then she said, the individual conducting the hearings will be unavailable. Yes, that was her excuse. And you know what I asked? And I didn't expect an answer when I asked it. Why is there only one person doing that job? And I said, I know this is a recorded line. And I want it on record that I consider this very unprofessional and unacceptable. Perhaps they should hire more people instead of making people suffer through this bullshit. And that's what it is. It's bullshit, folks. I know all too well what it's like to have a, a job that you're the only one doing it. And it makes it hard to take time off. I understand that. I totally understand that. But we're talking about a state-run system. There's a one person, how many thousands of state residents? What is the ratio? One to, let's say 10,000 unemployed right now. Let's just throw that number out there. That means there's a one to 10,000. And let's say half of those go to an appeal process. So now we're down to a one in 5,000. One person for every 5,000 people. That don't work, people. That don't work. The system is broken. It is malfunctioning. It is absolutely malfunctioning. Now, mind you, I've never held a job which people relied on me for their livelihood. And even if I did, I think I would be smart enough and conscientious enough to make sure someone was my backup so that clients and customers did not get left out in the cold. Again, I would like this one person to spend a day, a week, two weeks in my shoes. I bet then they would change it. So here we are, we're in October. Haven't had my hearing. And my 26 weeks is gonna be coming up. Now they moved it to December, which is beyond my 26 weeks. I've only received one week, so it's only 25 weeks that they owe me. 
And I can't roll over and quit now. Even though the system's failing me, I can't roll over and quit. But I can promise you that's what a lot of people do. They just quit. They throw their hands up and quit. And they run out here and they take, um, you know, the, the first job that comes to them that, that's costing them more to go do than it was to sit at home and wait. Because if you take a job making less than what you left, you're going to be spending money to work. And then if they're not taking a job making less, they've already lost their car, they've lost their home, they've, they've lost their children because they can't provide. There's several other things that could have happened out here. So if they've lost their car, they've lost their kids, they don't really have a drive to do anything, so they just give up. They're done. And I can see how it happens when you deal with something like this. I'm a stronger person than that. I'm not going to be beat down. I'm not going to do it. So that being said, I just continue to apply for jobs and keep hoping that there's that, that one job out there that is going to be my, um, my dream job. It's going to re, redefine who I am and, and what my purpose is in life. And, of course, I found a bunch of scam sites, and I got more rejections, but I continue, I continue to, to try. I had to do something to kickstart this new chapter in my life. So here we are to today, Thursday, December the 15th, 2022. My hearing date finally arrived. Now, I had to call in at 8.30 a.m. sharp. I did. Had my pen and paper, had my papers in front of me, had all my documents in front of me, had all my emails opened and ready. I had everything in front of me waiting for this, this moment and made my phone call. I had to wait till 8.32 when the lady came online. All right, fine, whatever. Uh, she gives, she starts the proceedings. It's very cold, very scripted. And I understand it has to be because it's a legal proceeding. I had to raise my right hand. And it, this wasn't video. It was voice only. So I had to raise my right hand. I had to say I would tell the truth and all this. Okay, fine. Within about a minute, we hear a strange voice on the line. And I just stay quiet. Uh, she asked questions. The stranger answered. And I started to feel really uncomfortable when she asked for a social security number. And he gave it. He didn't know I was on the line. Now, folks, that's a red flag to me. That is so unprofessional. So unprofessional. The wrong way to handle it. The social security number, I know, people, people don't look at it like I do probably, but to me it's, it's sacred. And it's a way for someone to steal your identity. It is a way. Um... And by her subjecting him to uh, unknowingly letting me access to that, I think it's completely unprofessional. And, I mean, I wasn't sure if I should speak up or not because she's the only individual left in charge of determining whether I get my 25 weeks of unemployment or not. If I spoke up now, the whole entire hearing could have been null and void and started all over and I'd have waited another three freaking months. So I just kept quiet. I didn't know what else to do. And I hope that an individual understands that if something were to happen, God forbid, I, I hope I'm not implicated. I don't even remember the name. I don't want to remember the name. Um, I didn't I didn't retain it, didn't write it down, didn't type it in. I didn't do anything except just sit there. And I was almost in, 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 in like shock whenever I heard her ask a social security number. Um, it, it was like I just kind of shut down. I don't remember a digit one that he, that he said. Um, and I'm usually really good with numbers. So I have zero faith in the system 
just based on the way she handled that situation. So she informs him that his hearing is later in the month. Uh, he hangs up and she goes right back to the scripted questions as if nothing ever happened. And <laughs> I stuck to the script too. I didn't give any more information until I was asked. And when she asked for anything to add, I did speak on how I felt the entire process was a joke and it was unfair. I spoke of the knowledge I had of coworkers in the exact same situation and that they didn't make the mistake that I made, but they were getting their benefits held as well. I don't think there's consistency here. I spoke on the fact that I had left the job unwillingly and should not be made to beg for the money due to me. I spoke about how that job was a niche market and finding work like that would be nearly impossible. And being a woman of my age, even with a college degree, I'm finding it difficult to endure the weekly rejection. And at 9 a.m., almost on the dot, she thanked me and ended the call with her script. She says, thank you for calling in. Be on the lookout for a letter with my decision in the mail in the next few weeks. I have no idea how long it will take as I have to submit it to a third party and it will proceed from there. There's the punchline. No, that's not the punchline. It's just another layer to this joke. Folks, you've got to be kidding me. I've got to wait a few more weeks. By that calculation, it's going to be January before I hear anything. December 23rd, they're closed. We all know they're not going to bust ass and try to make sure cases are closed before they go home on the 23rd of December. They return on Monday the 26th. They're going to be slow to do anything after recovering from a long holiday weekend. And we all know, know, we all know well that the 30th of December, they're off another day. So that's a four-day week they're going to come back. And they're not going to bust their asses to close out 2022. So that takes us into January 2023. Now, January 2023, here's the punchline. It's going to be even more difficult come 2023. Effective January 1st, 2023, unemployment funds are going to be, people who are seeking unemployment funds are going to be required to report five jobs per week. That's 10 jobs per two weeks to an already antiquated and fucked up process. Yes, I said it. It had to be said. It's a fucked up process. So now let me elaborate on this. January the 1st, 2023. Unemployed individuals in Kentucky are going to be required to apply and report five jobs per week. So 26 weeks, five jobs. I don't think there's five jobs out there that you qualify for or an individual would qualify for. I just, I just don't see it. December the 12th, I got an email that stated that the Kentucky General Assembly enacted changes to state's unemployment insurance program during the 2022 regular session. Um, work requirements will change on January the 1st, 2023. Beginning on that date, you're responsible for reporting five unique, verifiable work search activities per week to the unemployment insurance office. At that time, you submit a claim for the benefits to remain eligible for the program. So when you submit those five jobs, that keeps you eligible. Failure to meet these reporting requirements can result in loss of benefits for the week you are claiming. Now, I'm going to pause right there. The whole reason I had this hearing is because for two weeks in June, they determined from their archaic system that I wasn't prudent in my search. But I didn't suffer just those two weeks. I suffered all weeks thereafter that. So this is a false statement. 
Kentucky Office of Unemployment has just made a false statement. It says you lose the benefits for the week you're claiming. So that would mean if I screwed up and did not do five verifiable, unique work search activities for two weeks, I would lose two weeks of pay, but everything else would come in. That is not true. That is not a true statement. Uh, it goes on to say that it advises you must certify a test each week that you're providing accurate and honest information for your work search activities. All your work verifications must be kept for up to one full year after your claim has expired. Uh, all weekly work search activity information is subject to random audits. It's critical that you have documentation that certified you received your benefits. When work search activities are documented, actions taken by a claimant from any of the following categories below. Three of those work search activities must come from the first two categories, which is formal job application and job interview. So let me just set this to you straight. You report for a two-week period, beginning January the 1st through January the, um, let's see here, January 1st and 7th. You're going to have to report three jobs, and those three jobs must be in the form of a formal job and a job interview. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. How in hell are you going to guarantee an interview? If I'm required for three jobs to come from formal job application or job interview, it, it's not possible. I cannot make an interview happen. And under that job interview, they say that you can have a signed letter from the employer or a documentation of the interview being scheduled. That's your two categories under a job interview. So I put in a job application and I have to wait for the job the job to close, which is typically like, what, 10, 12, maybe even 30 days before they schedule interviews. So how am I going to get a documentation of a scheduled interview? They don't schedule interviews until the job posting closes and a form letter signed by an employer. So if they're not going to give me an interview until the job closes, I've got to get a form letter signed by the employer. What's that form letter going to say? Nothing. Because nobody's going to sign no damn form letter. They ain't got time for form letters. Oh, yeah, they do. Sure they do, because they're not scheduling job interviews, right? All right, so that's three jobs. So for the, for the first two weeks... The first week is three, the second week is three. You got to do those things for six jobs now. So we've gone from applying for two jobs in a two week period, which is one a week, to 10 jobs in a two week period. We went directly from two to 10. Two to 10, not two to four, two to 10. I can't find 10 jobs that I even qualify for in a month, it's difficult to find 10 in two weeks. That's 20 jobs a month that you have to apply for. 20 jobs a month beginning January the 1st, 2023, that you have to apply for under these strict guidelines. So I digress. Sorry. Three of them have to be job application, job interview. The other two, which is four in a two-week period, have to be from 
job shadowing, a job fair or networking event, a workshop or seminar, the Kentucky Employment Career Center. Now let's break this down. Job shadowing. Who the fuck job shadows? College kids. Or you're already employed, you're going to job shadow to possibly get a different job within a company, and that's going to be, what, a week? Whatever. Either way, if you're job shadowing, you're not getting paid. If I'm not getting paid, I've got to pay to get there. How can I pay to get there if I'm not getting unemployment? It's a domino effect. Job fair networking event. I haven't heard of a networking event or a job fair in ages. Unless I was in college and they had a job fair. And I know there's a veteran job fair event. I'm not a veteran. Uh, is there a job fair for unemployed heat press operators? No. Is there a job fair or event, networking event, for digital uh, printer operators? No. Skills workshop or seminar? Okay, if I'm going to a seminar, I'm usually going to a seminar to better myself in a job I already hold. The seminars usually require funds, tickets to get in, parking, something. How am I going to do that? I don't have an income. I'm trying to get unemployment. I can't get unemployment because I'm having to jump through these hurdles. How am I going to get through these hurdles if I can't pay for the seminars or the workshops? If I go to a workshop for the first week or two weeks of unemployment, why do I have to keep going back? If it works, why do I have to keep going back? I'm not going to show up at one workshop 26 weeks in a row and hope and pray that it finally works. That's stupid. Of course, under the workshop and seminar, it says you can get an email or a certificate from the Kentucky Center staff, Kentucky Career Center. That is a joke. I've been on that website. It's a joke. They haven't had a job one since May when I started this for an IT professional. Not one. So I, I think that's just stupid. Absolutely stupid. It's asinine. It is set, the, the Kentucky unemployment is set up for failure. It is set up so they can keep their fucking money and not give it to the people out here who have unfortunately been unemployed by no choice of their own. Now, if you're the person who had a job and you showed up drunk, you showed up drinking, you showed up, you got caught on drugs, you decided to go out and take a smoke break when you were told you couldn't, or you decided to show up in a skimpy clothes and you shouldn't, or you were having an affair with the boss, or you were having an affair with a coworker and you were told not to, or you decide to be a, a rogue cop and go out here and do something stupid and get your butt fired for it, or whatever your profession was, you, you caused your unemployment. You caused yourself to be fired. You don't deserve. You are the reason these hurdles are out there. You. And you should be ashamed of yourself because the rest of us are paying for it. Those of us who are downsized, those of us who were subject to corporate takeover, and those of us who unfortunately had to walk out the door after service, dedicated service to a company and an unblemished record, we're paying for it. And it's not fair. So when I got this email, December, I called the number on here, and it happens to be the same number you call for your unemployment claims. So you get two choices. One is questions about your claim. Two is to file a claim. Well, two doesn't apply, and one don't really apply, but I press one, and what do I get? I get the recording saying that all the agents are busy. Please call back another time, and it hangs up on me. If I press two to file a claim, 
I'm going to get somebody said, well, this is not the number to call. I just know that. You know why I know that? Because I've done it before. I am tired of their system. It's broken. It is not working for them to continue to pile all these hurdles on, just make someone give up. And that's what they want. They want you to give up. They want you to quit trying to, to get the money so they can keep it. It is not their money. It's the people's money. It's those people who have been unfortunately misplaced, displaced, whatever the word is, because of the employment employers out there. And it's really, really heart disheartening whenever you have to face the fact that you are replaceable. I've known that my entire life. And even though I knew that, that did not make me not go in and do my job. That did not make me not go in and present myself professionally, follow the rules, so forth, so on. Pretty much any employer that you will talk to in my history would tell you that I was a good employee. If I have been let go, it's been for budget cuts. It's been for downsizing. Uh, that's really the only two things I know of. That's really the only two things I can recall that I got let go of. Uh, job elimination was another one where I decided I didn't want that job. Somebody else is going to do the job, whatever. It's just not fair. Now, I left a link on my blog, uh, climbboardmysoapbox.blog, for the career, Kentucky Career Center. Go out there and look at it. You decide for yourself. Let me know if I am absolutely off base. Um, I think the punchline is that Kentucky Career Center. I really do. It's funny. It's hilarious that they want you to go out there and depend on that. I think it's hilarious that they expect that to be uh, an end-all for those of us who are out here searching for jobs. Um, that is just not that, that, that is just not a system that works. And I'm not saying that uh, Indeed works. I'm not saying ZipRecruiter works. I don't know what works because I haven't been in the situation for nine years. Um, I do know that when I've looked for IT professionals, which is my educated field of study, there is nothing. So um, I'm going to end this with basically just, just a, a small little summary. I'm one of many, and my story is only unique in that I'm sharing it here with you. That's it. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I'm one of the fortunate ones that still has a roof over my head and food in my pantry. The very things that some others in this situation just don't have because of this broken system. And I'm all for making sure people are doing for themselves, no handouts. But this is just too much to ask for people. The, the, there's 26 weeks of funds. Give it to us without the hurdles. Let us navigate and figure out the new chapter that we've been tossed in. It, it's, it's not fair, but if we, if we didn't choose to be put in a situation, some of us are genuinely trying to figure it out and navigate life without it, while trying to accept being put out to pasture after all, after all these years of dedication and commitment. It's hard to put your heart and soul into being employed knowing that at any moment, just like me, you could be sitting at home trying to process the emotions while being forced to jump through hurdles and rules set by people who've never walked a day in your shoes. I invite anybody who works for the Kentucky Unemployment Office, including the hearing officer that I think was completely unprofessional today, to walk in the unemployed shoes for one month. One month. January the 1st, 2023, you navigate the unemployment system. You figure out how 
to find 10 jobs in a two-week period. All right, folks, thank you. I am going to try to cool off here. Go get me some lunch. It's late. I've been recording on this all day. I've written the blog. I hope there's more to come. And I do have ideas in my head. I do have things written down. I've just got to figure out how to make them happen. Uh, this one was being built since May. If that gives you any idea, it's been a work in progress. And uh, these things just don't come overnight. I mean, I could sit down and start recording and talking, and it might be boring. I don't know. You let me know. Do you want to hear anything else? I only have one listener, and I want to thank that listener again for being dedicated. I went from six to one, so I've lost my subscribers. That's fine. That's on me. I understand that. And I spoke earlier about another endeavor I'm working on. I'm working on a, uh, a uh, uh, YouTube channel called Will Epic Adventures. And that's something I'm trying to figure out a way to make income. So I would ask for you to go out and look at that, look at some of the videos. Um, again, my husband and I are trying to do a little bit of traveling, uh, again, with another uh, income adventure possibly on there. Uh, it, it's not just for traveling for fun. It, it, there is fun, but we're also trying to travel to make a little bit of money. And uh, I'm thankful that he has a, a job. I'm thankful that he has the talents that he has to afford us opportunities we have. And I am blessed. I know that. I'm blessed in many, many ways. I'm able to focus my efforts and do things that a lot of people in my shoes um, have not been able to do. I apologize if I've offended anyone. I don't intend to offend, offend anyone whatsoever. I apologize if this is boring. But I will not apologize for my opinion. My opinion is mine. And if you feel like it's something that you want to raise sand over, then you are right to have your opinion. And I would love to hear from you. Leave comments. Uh, you've got all the contact information if you go to palmaboardmysoapbox.blog. And I look forward to hearing from you. And I hope you're going to look forward to another episode coming up soon. I hope. I'm going to say that. I hope. Thank you.